Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? Episode number 275, Drink It Till You Podcast. The only podcast that lasts until the last drop. How the hell is your Sunday going? How the hell was your week? Um, drinking a Michelob Ultra here. Trying to watch my calories. Trying to watch the calories. Uh, something about this weather today just made me want a beer. Uh, so that's what I'm drinking. If you got them, drink them. Bottoms up. Cheers, everybody. Uh, I had a hell of a weekend. If you haven't heard, in case you wait every week to get your NHL news from Drinking Till You Podcast, here's what's going on. Uh, my Dallas Stars moving on to the next round. We're either going to be facing the Seattle Kraken or the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Now, I, I don't really... I mean, either one that makes it out of that series... I mean, even if it's Seattle, it's, uh, you know, you still don't want to face them. They just took out the <laughs> defending Stanley Cup champions. You know what I mean? Do you want to face that team? And if Colorado makes it out, I mean, oh boy. Um, I'm not sure how we match up against the Kraken. I'm really not. <clears throat> the Avalanche, I, I know how we match up against them. And it's, um, that's going to be a tight series if that's what happens. Um, but yes, congratulations to my Dallas Stars. Uh, let me go ahead and stick my foot in my mouth, and I will gladly do so on Tyler Sagan's behalf. All the shit I've talked over the years, um, all the times I've called him sackless, ballless, soulless, <laughs> all the times leading up to this series, and I'm, I'm so proud of him, man. Um, I've always said that. You know, this is my, this is how I get out of what I say. I'm talking shit on the guy, but I, I will gladly put my foot in my mouth if you're going to perform like that. That's what I've been waiting for. Really, it's, it seems like his whole career with us. You know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, I haven't really given him credit for that. Uh, having to fight through those injuries and still playing anyway, still finding a way to contribute to the team. Um, I'm just happy for him, man. It's great to see him out there having fun, getting assists, scoring goals. Um, after Pavelski went out in that first game, man, we, we really needed somebody to step up. And Tyler Sagan started, what do you have, four or five goals in the series? Um, that's what I've been waiting for, man. That's why I've been talking shit. You know, it's because It's not because I think he's a shitty player. It's because I don't think he was playing up to his potential, you know. And, and like I said, that's not fair. Um, I don't know the injuries he's going through. I don't know the pain that he's had to play through over the years. But him and Ben, man, it seemed like they had to get him to that right spot, have those couple of surgeries, whatever the problems were. Uh, ben is having an amazing year. Sagan stepping up the last, I don't know, 10 games of the season. It just seemed like he turned it on. He didn't have the same problems. And uh, like I said, with Pavelski going out, man, huge to see him stepping up. Uh, Rope hints. Dude, if you play like that every series, we're winning the fucking cup. Did you see that goal? Unfortunately, <laughs> on Klingberg, he got it around Klingberg. And it was just such a swift movement. He, like, chipped it behind Klingberg. 
Klingberg's like turning around. It's all up in his skates, trying to twist his body to get to the puck to where he can make a play on it. And before he knows it, that puck is gone. I mean, it was rocketed. <laughs> Top shelf. Um, <clears throat> if that's not on ESPN, I, I don't know, man. That was, I mean, it happened so fast. And that pass coming from Sagan. Pass from Sagan to Rope. He tips it behind Klingberg. And before you know it, that puck is just roofed. Um, our passing's looking good. Our goaltending is looking good. You know, and as much as I love Jake Ottinger, I said this a couple of weeks ago, I think. You know, I, I love him. And I'm glad he can make so many saves. And I'm glad he's been so huge for him for us. But could you not let so many shots get to him? <laughs> Does he have to play that great every single game? I mean, yeah, you, you always need your goalie to stand up. Um... But yeah, I, I would like to see him face less shots. I was uh, I was talking to my brother about this. It's like I, I remember one time I had to play goalie. The goalie didn't show up. This is in soccer, by the way. I had to play goalie, and I was so damn nervous. And I'm talking to my friends on the team before the game, and we're practicing and all this and that. You know, pre pre game warm up. I'm like, man, I'm so nervous. They're oh, Chris, you're gonna be fine. You're going to do fine. Just stay in the box and, you know, giving me the rundown of what I'm supposed to do. Well, apparently, <laughs> I was so damn nervous. And I told so many people on my team that day, you know, I just didn't want them to score. You know, I didn't want to kill the team's confidence, blah, blah, blah. And I was so nervous that they didn't let a single shot get to me all game. Like, I saved maybe two that weren't even shots. They were just kind of bouncing in. I picked them up. You punt them back out. Hopefully your team can come up with it, make an offensive chance out of it. But they were they knew I was so damn nervous that they played, like, extra hard. You know what I mean? And I have seen that happen in hockey, too. A rookie goalie out there, and it's like, they're not – the other team can't get a, a shot away. It's not that the uh, – the team in front of the new goalie or the rookie goalie doesn't trust them. They're just going to do everything in their power to not let him face those shots. So it doesn't shake his confidence. So it doesn't shake the team's confidence. Oh shit. We got this new guy back in goalie. Can't save anything. So, um, <clears throat> it kind of works in your, it can work in your favor sometimes being the new guy, even though Jake isn't that new, he's fairly new. It's not his rookie season or anything. It's not his first playoff go. Um, and he wanted to prove last year wasn't a fluke. And I, I'd, I'd say it's proved. It's proven. He proved it. it. Um, great fucking series, man. And, and I will I, I, we should have beat him in five games. If Pavelski hadn't gone out in that first game, I mean, that game was ours. You know? Not saying Minnesota didn't play hard. Not saying they didn't deserve it. But, I mean, we dominated that game. You could tell in game one who the, the better team was. You know, even with them getting physical, all that stuff. Uh, you could just tell we have that extra that extra step, that extra level. And they were rough on us, man. They were rough on us those first two games, I'll say. Uh, physically, 
just uh, smashing us oh, left and right. I mean, we were hitting back, but I mean, they were throwing heavy, heavy hits. Um, and about game three, we, we make an adjustment and you always forget about this. I do anyway, I always forget instead of taking that huge hit where the guy's barreling at you, 215 pounds, six, four, whatever it is, um, just move out of the way. <laughs> you always forget about that move in hockey. Just move out of the way. You see it coming. It's like, a, you know, it's like a punch. In boxing, you wait until the last second and you get out of the way. Uh, Felino, Feligno, however the fuck you say his name. Um, he almost took himself out trying to hit one of our guys. Our guys dodged it. He flew into the boards. He didn't get up for a second. You know, I'm, I'm not for anybody getting brutally hurt in this game. You know. Uh, but if you're going to go for a big hit, you better, better be sure you're going to hit him. <laughs> Uh, Felino found that out real quick. So yeah, we made that little adjustment and that was all the difference in the world. Now <clears throat> we've kind of turned, turned the tables on them. They're still coming at us full speed. They're still coming at us, you know, with all their strength to, to hit us, but they're missing us. So not only have they got out of position on the play, they didn't accomplish their mission, you know, to wear us down. We just moved. Brilliant. Brilliant hockey. Um, and, and this season in the playoffs, dude, I, I, I've I, I've been loving it. I've watched a little bit of the Seattle-Colorado series. Uh, I've watched probably most, other than my team, uh, Florida-Boston. Uh, I feel bad for you if you haven't watched that series. That's been a hell of a series. Uh, the other night it was an elimination game. Boston has a chance to close them out. And, uh, you know, Boston goes up 4-3. to three. This is late, later in the game, too, you know. Toward old Chris's bedtime. Toward night-night time. So I didn't get to stay up and see the game, but I'm thinking, you know, it's 4-3. to three. Fuck. This is it. Boston's just going to grind them down. You know, open up that empty net. <laughs> And, and that's going to be that. They're going to push them out of the playoffs. But no. Florida keeps fighting back. They tie it 4-4. Um, I think Boston goes up again 5-4. You know, and this is late in the game, like I said. Then Florida comes back, ties it 5-5. Then Florida scores a go-ahead goal. And in the dying seconds, Boston's making a mad scramble with an empty net. And uh, the, uh, one of the most beautiful clears you'll ever see bounces it off the boards. The Florida Panthers player did. Bounces it off the board perfectly to go into the empty net. 7-5 Florida. So I think that game is today at 5-30. That's going to be a great game. I, I, I really, you know, for everything Boston did this series, I mean this season, I really don't want them to get dropped. I, I love Monty. I loved him when he was here as our coach. Uh, I love him in Boston. I love what he's done with the team. Um, but Florida, too. <laughs> it's hard. I'm torn. It's one of those head-heart situations. My head says Boston. My heart says Panthers, but my heart's starting to win out, you know? 
Um, I do like the Panthers. I don't. I don't know much of their team, but um, they've been after it for a little while, and and you'd like to see them with a little success. But uh, just as a hockey fan in general, it, it would be bittersweet, especially with everything Boston has accomplished this this series. I mean, this season. I keep saying series. This season. Um. <clears throat> so my predictions. I do have a couple that I got wrong here. Wouldn't you know it? And, and and guess what? They're Eastern Conference teams. Wouldn't you know? That's what I said at the start when I made my picks for this first round. I'm pretty good in the West, but the East is just I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard to tell. You know, it's not teams I watch every other night. You know, I'll catch a game here, catch a game there. I see the standings. I, you know, I'll go scroll through who won last night. When you see a lot of, uh, I remember the Rangers, New York Rangers popping up a lot on the win column. You know, that's that's how I tell without watching every single game because uh, I, I just can't get every. I mean, I don't have the time, and I just don't get the broadcast of every single game. You know, <clears throat> you just never know. I mean, this is this is. Uh, this is a new era, I guess. That whole uh, Tampa Bay, two years in a row, they're out. And that was one of my predictions. I say, you know, talking shit on Toronto, however many first-round exits they've made, you know, you're not going to beat the Lightning. They have Vasilevsky, you know, all this and that, and they did it. They actually beat... Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously not the same team from a couple of years ago. You know, they still have Vasilevsky, they still have Stamkos, they still have some pretty good players. Uh, but Toronto, you could just tell in in the little bit of time I watched, they just wanted it more, dude. They were fighting for every single puck. They would not be denied. They were scrapping for everything, every little bite they could get. And uh, it, it wore down Tampa Bay, and they're moving on. Believe it or not, uh, I can't, I don't remember how many seasons they said it's been since Toronto's been. I mean, I think it's been like twenty years. <laughs> Maybe not that drastic. Maybe not that drastic. But it's been a while. Lots of first round exits from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And um, I think Matthew said they were going to sweep them. I think that's what he said, which is absolutely ridiculous. They definitely didn't sweep them, but hey, they'll take the win 100%. So they're going to face uh, basically the winner of today's game, the Panthers and the Bruins. And in the chance after the game, I'm surprised the city's still in one piece after a first-round victory. Um, <laughs> you know, you can never make fun of us Americans. You really can't. Where did it happen? Vancouver before. I think they made a, 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 a through the first round one season and they fucked their city up. Dude, like, this is a victory. You do this after a victory? That's insane to me. Like, fucking setting cars on fire, fucking thumping shit. It was like, wait, did we win or did we lose? Like, you know, I could understand. I'm not saying it's right. I could understand the anger and aggression after losing the series or, you know, 10 years in a row. We can't make it past the first round. Let's riot. Walmart, you're fucked. Um, 
but I just I don't understand the victory riot. That's a good band name right there. That's a great band name, Victory Riot. <laughs> we just get sad if we lose, but if we win, we're fucking lighting shit on fire. We're beating some people up. You better not be wearing the opposing team's jersey. <laughs> I don't get it, but anyway, yeah, you can't ever make fun of us Americans for looting Walmart and at least when we get, you know, out in the streets and we're fucking I don't know, getting into it with the cops. At least it's for a good cause. It's because someone was murdered. You know, an innocent person, innocent until proven guilty is the way it's supposed to be in this country. An innocent person was murdered at the hands of the cops. That's a reason to riot. Not because we're moving out of the first round. I don't get it. And I'm not saying Toronto rioted, but it, it looked pretty wild. I would not walk through there with a, a, a opposing team's jersey. A Dallas Stars jersey, nothing. You know, all it takes is one couple of riders, one or two riders to turn turn on you. Then they're all turning on you. It's that mob mentality. You know, but uh, anyways, I'm talking a lot of shit. But seriously, congratulations uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really excited for that. Uh, really excited, you guys. I mean, you took down... I mean, if, if Tampa Bay was a three-headed monster... Colorado chopped off a head last season. Uh, the Maple Leafs chopped off a head this season. I mean, they're, they're, they're working with one head. One head left. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Oh, yeah, Devils-Rangers. That's a good series. The Rangers coming back to beat them last night to tie the series 3-3. The Devils are looking good, though. Uh, Rangers are my pick in that one. Devil's looking really good. I have caught some of that one. The one I've caught the least of is probably Edmonton, uh, L.A. And uh, Edmonton wins that series 4-2. to two. They beat them yesterday 5-4. to four. Kings are out. That's a pick I got wrong. Uh, I picked the Kings over the Oilers. I, I really didn't think the Oilers were going to do it. Um, let's see, I picked Colorado over the Kraken, that's yet to be seen. I picked the Rangers over the Devils, that's yet to be seen. I picked the Bruins over the Panthers, but dude, I'm not going to lie, if the Panthers win, I'm not going to be upset. Uh, I'm really not. I, I, I like the Panthers. I've liked them for a good while now, you know? Uh, Stars and Wild, obviously, as I've mentioned, uh, we could have beat them in five games, dude. If we win game one, they're done. In five. Um, who else we got? Carolina wins their series over the Islanders. I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked Carolina. Golden Knights, Jets. The Golden Knights knock out Ricky B. And the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know. And I'm scrolling. You know, I am a Winnipeg fan, people. Say what you want. You know. Oh, he's not a real Stars fan. He he likes the Jets. No, that's not true. Stars were my very, very first team. Well, that's not true either. Um, <clears throat> I'd say the Rangers and the Flyers were probably my first two two teams in the NHL. I always loved, what was it, like NHL 97, 96? Who knows, 94 even. NHL 94, what a great year. 
Um, I always pick the fucking Broad Street Bullies. The Flyers, man. I just love their colors. You know, growing up, I loved their style. Love how mean they were. Uh, anyway. But yeah, Ricky B sitting on the couch. I'm, I'm scrolling all the comments. And, uh, you know, Rick Bonus still getting shit from Dallas Stars fans about talking shit on his players. You know? Um, <clears throat> I just wish... This is what I wish for Stars fans. Not that I don't love you. I love you. But if you're going to talk shit on someone, just know the story a little bit more. The only reason I do know the story a little bit more is because I have been paying attention to them all season. You know, it's easy for a Stars fan that hasn't watched Winnipeg all year to go, yeah, typical Rick Bonus talking shit on his team. Not taking accountability, just talking shit on his team. No, there's a legitimate legitimate problem in Winnipeg. Uh, there's a legitimate player problem in Winnipeg. And the fans of that team know it, and they enjoyed what Rick Bonus said. You know, after they get bounced out of the playoffs. And I enjoyed what he said. You know, a lot of people are saying the same things. that I. It's so nice and refreshing to see a coach that's not going to sugarcoat it. That's not going to coddle the players because, oh, it's okay, baby. You didn't make it this way. It's okay, Shifley. It's okay. You didn't make it this round, but next, no. You didn't play your hardest, bitch. That's what the head coach is saying. You didn't play hard enough. You didn't push back hard enough. And, I, dude, I res I'm taking a drink to it. That's how much I love it. And how much of a bad fucking reputation Rick Bonus gets for saying it like it is. Cheers, Ricky B. I still love you. Oh. Why is that so hard? Why is that so, like... Why is that such a weird thing in hockey? I get it. They're Canadian and they're supposed to be nice and all this. And now, fuck that, dude. You think Phil Jackson's not going to say something if his team plays like shit? You think Scotty Bowman's not going to say something if his team plays like shit? No. That's not how... Okay, maybe not to the media. Maybe not in those exact words. Okay, I'll give you that. But he's going to do something. They're going to do something. To fire up those players or you're riding the fucking bench. You think Belichick is going to watch someone take a fucking play off and they get a touchdown scored on? It's like, well, it's okay. You know, well, we had a bad game. No. Why the fuck didn't you play your hardest? Do you not want to be out here? Do you not want to play for this team? I'm like, come on, man. You know, and, and, and Rick Bonus isn't just, you know... He's not being a complete dickhead and just like tearing down their, you know, their character and all this. No, he just simply said there wasn't pushback, <laughs> you know, and he's pissed like he's competitive, man. If this is the plan and you're not going to execute the plan, I'm not gonna, I'm not taking the heat for that. You know what? I, and it's this. I keep going through the same thing over and over about Rick Bonus. It's the same thing if you're in a job. If you're the manager at the job and one of your employees fucks up, you know, are <laughs> are you taking the blame for that? No, you got to try to coach them. You know? There, I mean, it's kind of a weird comparison because there's no media to talk to after that. 
But the higher-ups, you know, they're going to come to you and be like, hey, what happened to Bill? You know? You're not going to completely throw him under the bus and be like, well, Bill sucks, and he shouldn't be working here. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. <sighs> I just, you know, it's a hard comparison. I'm trying to think of something to compare it to. But um, the only other thing I can think is another sport. And I would have no problem any coach saying that. If someone's being a fucking baby, you know, if someone's being a cancer in the locker room, no, I'm not taking heat for that. I didn't create this culture, you know. I'm trying to undo the bad culture. That's what I'm trying to do as the coach. Anyway, let's take another drink. I could go on and on about Rick Bonus, man. Do I think he's the best coach to... Do I think he's better than Scotty Bowman? No! Do I think he's going to win the cup in the next three years? Probably not! But I do respect the fact that he is an NHL coach, and he has taken whatever team he's been on in the past, what, five, six years? He's only missed one playoffs? I mean, is that a horrible coach? Not the best coach. I can agree on that, but not a horrible coach. He's doing something right. You know, there was a time in the season, too, where Winnipeg was fighting Dallas for first place. <laughs> Dallas sat atop first place, our division, most of the season, eventually being beat, beaten out by the um, Avalanche. But the Avalanche weren't even a part of it there for a while. And guess who was? It was Dallas and Winnipeg. And then they started crumbling. I don't know what happened. I don't know. It's easy to blame the coach. But at the end of the day, the coach ain't wearing the skates, man. The coach ain't taking the shots. The coach isn't blocking the shots. The coach isn't saving the goals. That That's players. You know, you, you can't teach work ethic. You can't teach work ethic. You just can't. And this is coming from someone who's never been a coach of anything. Okay, but it's not hard to see from the outside looking in, everybody. Come on. Am I the crazy one? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm going to take another drink. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I missed anybody. Let me look here. Everybody that's moving on. Yeah, I think today's the last day of games. They're all tied 3-3. They're all game sevens. Um, enjoying the ride so much, man. Uh, what else? What, how, how far, how long have I talked about NHL hockey? Pretty much the whole thing. Um, I got to tell you guys what I'm watching lately. I'm consumed by two, two things. Um, the first one is, uh, what is it? Uh, to catch a predator. Is it ABC? NBC? I don't know. ABC? Dateline NBC. I don't know who it is. Um, I can't get enough of that fucking show, dude. I think I've watched all the reruns. Um, they, they've kind of like spliced together the clips on YouTube now. Um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. It's not funny, but... You know, the way they're making fun of the, <clears throat> the pedophiles is funny. You know, they, they'll insert like little voices... 
Like Chris Hansen's like, you said in this chat that you want to blank her blank. And then whoever edited the video puts in a little voice that's like, oh, geez. Um, pretty damn funny, man. And it's, it's, it's creepy slash funny. Very, very creepy because just like Chris Hansen has given them shit about, if I wouldn't have been here tonight, what do you think would have happened between you and this little girl? You know, he has this little, I don't know, it's not a lisp. He says S is like, I don't know, harshly. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's uh, they're just, it's the same answer every time he sits down with someone. He pops out of the back. That's the creepy part, is to think if he wouldn't have been there, you know, they come in all smiling with fucking booze. It's like, this girl is 13, bro. Like, what you're celebrating here. Like, that's pretty fucking sick. And if Chris Hansen hadn't been there, they'd be smiling whilst destroying some child's life, in a sense. In a sense. And innocence, you know? Um, which is the creepy part. Um, the, the funny part is the looks on their faces if they don't run out of the house. Um... And just, you know, uh, they all say the same thing. Oh, well, I wasn't going to do nothing. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do nothing. Hey, how are you? Uh, oh, hey, who are you? Her dad? Well, I wasn't going to do nothing. I was just coming to see her. I was just coming to tell her that she shouldn't be meeting with people on the Internet. That's what I was here. Oh, you're here to be a good Samaritan, huh? That's exactly. I, I swear to God. They think swearing to God and swearing on their kids and... All this and that's going to get them out of trouble. And it's fascinating that they don't know when they're talking to this guy that they're being recorded at all. They're just sitting there having this straight up conversation with Chris Hansen. And then he reveals it to him. Well, there's something I have to tell you. I'm Chris Hansen and we're doing a story on and here comes all the cameras. Usually the guys clam up. They cover their face. They run out of the house. Some of them will just sit there. They try to stick to their story. Well, I wasn't going to do nothing. Well, I can't get in trouble as long as I didn't do nothing. Uh, it's um, it's fascinating TV, and it's it's also gruesome. Dude, they set up a sting house, and it's like within 30 fucking minutes, dude. There's already guys trying to come to the house and meet with the girl and oh i got some free time today a lot of these men are married a lot of these kids have i mean a lot of these men that have kids i've actually never seen a woman on there i've never seen to catch a predator woman even though we know that's a thing you got to do the the school <laughs> the school sting operation because that's where it's happening for the women is in school I've, i just it's it's crazy I don't know what I would have done if I would have been in high school and a teacher wanted to sleep with me. I don't know if I could have done it. Like, I, no, this is a trick. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Even though I wouldn't. You know, that's on the adult. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's, it's all men. And, and just like the... It's just like making me look at people different. <laughs> like in public. You know, because they don't all have the same face. They they come from different walks of life. Some some guys you would never think would do anything like that. You know, just off of looks. Other guys, 
older fat guy with bifocal glasses, you're like, that guy is definitely a pedophile. You know, that's just like the look for pedophiles. <laughs> um, Dateline NBC. Dateline ABC. Fuck, I can't remember what, what they do it for, who they do it for. Um, but it's creepy, man. It's creepy. And, and it just gets creepier as they sit there and they get questioned. Because you think about what's going through their creepy ass fucking mind. Like everything they thought was going to happen versus everything that is. Ha oh, God, it's horrible. It's horrible. A lot of them repent right there. Well, I'm sorry, sir. And I'll, you know, you scared me straight and I'll never do this again. And Chris Hansen's like, okay, like you're still, you still did it this time. It doesn't make a difference now that you wouldn't ever do it again. You've done it now. You can't send nude pictures to people underage. Um, so naturally, I mean, that's done a lot of spinoff videos. There's one I saw of a police officer. He had been working in his department for five years, and this shit from back when he was in college came back to bite him in the ass. Uh, that's why you shouldn't do it. You should just do the right thing. He sent nude pictures to underage females, a couple of them, even though in the interviews, like, oh, what? I don't know. I don't know. It's been a while. Oh, you know Tinder. You know how Tinder is. No, dude. <laughs> I go on Tinder to sleep with adults. I'm not going on there to sleep with children. Jesus Christ. You fucking sicko. So that guy got fired. There's a bunch of spinoffs, like I said. Um, what was the skeet one? <laughs> the, the guy's tagline was, you've been skeeted. To skeet a pres predator? That sounds disgusting. Um, but it was, it was legit. And here, I mean, for the most part, it was legit. Here's the thing I didn't understand about to skeet a pre predator. Uh, it was a 13-year-old in a hotel room. Like, how fucking stupid do you have to be? A 13-year-old can't get a hotel room. You know, um, I'm sure if you dug deeper, they'd be like, oh, well, they said their parents got the hotel room and their parents had to leave for six hours and they won't be back. They had to get on a plane, whatever. Whatever story they had to make up. But, yeah, j just to go to a hotel room to meet a, a kid, it's like, you you deserve that shit. You deserve every fucking day of that sentence because you're stupid. Not saying you should do it in the first place, but, I mean, good Lord, that's the most obvious one. At a house, you could be like, okay, well, the parents are out of town. It's her house, and you can draw some conclusions that way. Sitting in a hotel room, it's like, wait, how did you get this hotel room? <laughs> you're not old enough to get a hotel room. But they're not thinking about that, are they? A bunch of fucking poivoites. Um, yeah, disgusting, but highly, highly entertaining. Just the excuses. I think that's the most entertaining part is the excuse. A lot of excuses are the same. Uh, some try, try to be creative. You know, one guy said he didn't know, he didn't do anything with the girl. Therefore he can't get in trouble. And that's not true. And he quickly learned that's not true. <laughs> I guess that's the second, my second favorite part is them trying to back out of what they were about to, to do. And, and my first favorite part is <laughs> when they go outside of the house and the cops are there waiting on them. Now, I'm not for police brutality, but are they taking it a little easy on these guys that are coming out of this house? Like, they should have their fucking face smushed into the gravel 
boot on their fucking head. You know what I mean? Like, if there's anyone that deserves a little rough treatment in captivity, then let it be these guys. I mean, they're already going to get it when they go to prison. You've heard about this all the time. Prisoners don't take kindly to molesters, pedophiles, any of that shit. The famous broomstick story. <laughs> Pretty sure that guy died. They shoved the fucking broom up his fucking ace. And they broke it off, and I'm pretty sure it killed him. Good. It's what you get. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that they're the end-all, be-all. They should be making decisions like that, but, you know, if you're going to be that much of a creep, you know, I don't know. It's creepy either way. If you try to take advantage of people, it's just creepy either way. Just don't do it. It's just a fascinating show, and I wish the police would be a little more rough. You know, I've seen two people get tased. One guy tried to run, and he decided not to. They came down pretty hard on him that time. Um, yeah, it's just fucking entertaining, man. Uh, so that's the the one thing I've been I've been watching a lot of lately. The other one, I have to recommend this YouTube channel to you guys. If you like movies and you like snarky comments about movies. Uh, you have to go to Cinema Sins on YouTube. It, it is my favorite YouTube channel currently. Um, I watched a little bit of the Pulp Fiction. He's just saying everything wrong with it, you know, continuity a little bit. Um, Quentin Tarantino does a lot of, like, you know, before the story and after the story and during the story. Like, he jumps around the story a lot. So there's a lot of goofy shit with that it's just a great fucking channel the hateful eight dude <laughs> when he reviewed the hateful eight oh my god um <laughs> the part that got me the most was uh, i can't remember the tim roth tim roth is in the movies playing uh a british guy i think he is british um but he's a scummy British guy. He's, you know, and, and when they come into the cabin, he's this proper, like, you know, upstanding gentleman, you know, do things the proper way by the rule book, all this and that. And when they first finally get to uh, Tim Roth, is it fucking Tim Roth? God damn it. I can't remember now. I got to see his face. I'm pretty sure it's Tim Roth. Uh, Tim Roth. Oh, yeah, it is Tim Roth. Um, when they first get to his face, they, the, the fucking Cinema Sins guy goes, Oh, look, a character not played by Christoph Waltz. And, dude, I about fucking died. Because that is such a Quentin Tarantinoism. You know which part Christoph Waltz is going to play in every movie. He's got to wear a fucking hat of some sort. He's got to be a little bit smarter than everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, just fucking great. You got to check the channel out, man. If there's, uh, and, and he, it's not exclusive to, um, adult movies either. He did a review of Ratatouille. Had me fucking, I haven't finished it yet. It had me fucking laughing, dude. It's, it's a great channel. So yeah, between To Catch a Predator and Cinema Sins, uh, I watched the Happy Gilmore one, dude. That one was fucking hilarious, dude. 
Like how does how does man is so well versed? The guy who does the the channel, Cinema Sense, how he's so well versed in like every topic that every movie is about is fucking great. You know, it's it's like one of those things. It's like well the, you know, they picture a printing press here, but the printing press didn't come out until you know. It's like that kind of shit. It's like, dude, how do you know this shit? Like, is he researching as the movie? is going he's making notes i guess that's how he does his channel it's it's fucking fascinating but uh, like i said it's not exclusive to just you know gory fucking action quentin tarantino movies he does kid movies too which is even more funny because they're not supposed to be taken that serious but he's taking them that serious and he gives them cinema sins for everything they do wrong so like I can't, I don't know. It's like Happy Gilmore ended up in fucking like 317 sins by the end of the movie. And there is a scene in there too. I never noticed this. Uh, Shooter McGap, you know, like Happy Gilmore in his brain. Um, he's like having... Sorry, I'm trying to type while I'm talking. He's having like a not a flashback. He's just having like a fantasy in his mind because Shooter McGavin's being so hard on him. And he's sort of like losing the tournament or whatever. And he pictures like Shooter McGavin with his with his girlfriend played by uh, Julie. What is it? Julie Bowen. Which I, uh, by the way, just a little fucking side. Julie Bowen is one of the hottest females I've ever seen in my fucking life. I've, I've liked her since I was a fucking kid, dude. And like when he's rubbing on her ass in that scene that I'm speaking about oh my god she's like the sexiest fucking woman ever that short blonde hair oh god anyway but yeah there's a seat it's that scene where happy's imagining imagining shooter being with his girl and he has i mean he has his hand like on her crotch like he slowed it down and everything in the cinema sins and it's like oh my god like he's basically i mean he's basically fingering her if she didn't have underwear on, I mean, he would be doing it. It's fucking insane. I've never noticed that before. And I, it just blew me away that she let him d- go that far. You know, I don't know if she was married at the time, but shit, if that was my wife, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck if you're in a movie or not. You're not touching my wife there. You can touch her ass, sure. It's what she's getting paid for, but you're not touching the, the cookies, buddy. <laughs> You're not touching my cookies. Uh, so, yeah. Go check that channel out. Give them some love. If you check them out and you leave a comment, let, let them know that you were sent there by Drink Until You Podcast. Um, <clears throat> the only podcast that lasted to the last drop. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for me. Let's finish these off. If you got them, drink them bottoms up. Cheers. Time to go in. Was this uh, Florida Boston game coming on in a little bit? Time to go in and watch that, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for all these game sevens. It's really anybody's game, unless you're going to get blown out in this game. It's really anybody's game, and if it goes to overtime, golden goal. Oh, you you just don't know. It's unpredictable. That's that's what we love about it, right? All right, that's it. That's going to do it for me. As always, I say this every episode. I hope you hear me. Don't drink and drive. Get an Uber. Get a Lyft. Be safe out there, guys. Get a DoorDash. 
they'll bring you some booze. Uh, they can't bring you, in Texas anyway, they can't bring you any liquor because it's Sunday, but they can still bring you some Michelob Ultra, some Natty Lights. Oh, what's the other one? Uh, some Bush. Bush. Uh, which, say what you want about Bush. I drink one of those versus a Natty Light. The Bush is definitely hitting harder. Um, so anyways, like I said, be safe out there, guys. I will talk to you all next week. Let's go, Stars. Let's go, Rangers. I hadn't even watched any baseball. I've been so wrapped up in the NHL. But um, Rangers on a little bit of a losing streak there. It's like they sweep the series before. And then we go play Cincinnati and we get swept. And Cincinnati is not even tops of their division. Um, and then we go to New York. We're playing decent there. I think about 500 baseball. We lost the first one, won the second one. Um, so go go Rangers, Texas Rangers, that is. Go Dallas Stars. Um, <clears throat> a lot's going to be changed by the time I talk to you guys next week. This is going to be a whole new series versus either the Kraken or, or the Avalanche. So we'll see what happens. Anyways, I'm just rambling now. I will talk to you guys soon. I love you all. Bye!